0: Good afternoon, Be'ezrat Hashem. Uh, this week we'll be starting two series Shir on Kilchot Tzedakah uh, in the volume, it's on page 341. Let me say at the outset, the Rambam tells us that the mitzvah of Tzedakah, one has to be more careful to fulfill this mitzvah than any other positive mitzvah in the Torah. So we're talking about a very important mitzvah Um, As we'll see what are the benefits and what are the definitions and the categories of How much one has to give to who one has to give what causes are appropriate to give to Uh, All of that Bezrat Hashem we will deal with in uh, This year and the next year. Okay, so Bezrat Hashem Let us begin with starting with the psukim. Where do we learn? uh, the mitzvah of tzedakah there's not only a positive mitzvah of tzedakah, there's also a negative commandment about not giving tzedakah. So the Pasuk in Devarim tells us, There will never cease to be needy ones, poor people in the land. And therefore I command you, You shall open your hand, You have to open your hand to the poor and the needy Kinsmen in your land So from here we have a positive commandment to One has to open one's hand And give to those who are needy Um, It says, uh, not in this pasok In the next pasuk. What do we learn out? Uh, Sorry, just before we get to that pasok The house seems strange. It says there will never cease to be poverty in the world, and therefore I obligate you to give tzedakah. One could argue the logic should be the opposite. If there are always going to be poor people, then what's the point of me giving tzedakah? It's, It's a never ending cycle. The Torah says there will never cease to be poverty, there are always going to be poor people, therefore give tzedakah. What's the logic? I would say, you know, if there's a problem that can be solved, so give tzedakah. But if it's not going to be solved, it's not like kind of throwing, throwing money at a problem that's just, you know, it's a never-ending problem. What is the Torah trying to say? So one of the them, if I, if, I, if I remember correctly, it's the Ibn Ezra, explains the Pasuk as follows. The wealth of the wealth is a circular thing. Sometimes one generation has it, Perhaps the next generation, even three generations, might be wealthy. But at some stage, you or your children or your grandchildren will, instead of being the rich who are able to give, are going to be the poor who are asking for support. And therefore the Torah tells us, poverty will never cease. Which means that today you are rich, maybe. Maybe even your children. But in future generations... Your children might be the ones that are needy. Therefore, you give now so that in two generations when your children are needy, someone else will give. I.e., The problem is circular and don't think you're always going to be on top of the, the food chain. You might be the one who is needed and, and needing it in the future. And therefore, the Torah tells you, you give what we call the rule of reciprocity, right? Which could be one of the foundations of what you want people to do to you, you have to do to them. That could be the pshat of this Pasuk. Now, the next Pasuk in Dvarim actually tells us uh, of a prohibition. Not the, the Pasuk in Tetzain, Pasuk uh, Zayim. When there will be a poor person amongst you, Amongst one of your brothers. In one of your gates. In your land. Which God has given to you. You cannot. right? Do not harden your heart. Or shut your hand. Against. From your needy kinsmen. Here, the Smak learns something very unique. The Rambam says that there is a negative commandment not to give tzedakah when someone asks you, and you don't give, you violate not only you nullify the positive mitzvah, but you violated the negative mitzvah. However, the Smak explains that there are two negative commandments: Lo et levavcha, do not harden your heart; pots et and do not shut your hand. Two separate violations. What is the violation of hardening one's heart? Explains the smack One of the Rishonim as follows. <laughs> what, when a person is thinking of giving tzedakah, don't harden your heart to think, oh, how's it going to affect my, my parnasa? I am not going to have enough money. So the focus is, <laughs> don't harden your heart thinking, oh, I'm not going to have enough money. <laughs> is focusing on the recipient don't focus on him and saying this guy's not really worth it or whatever it is he, he should you know should be doing x He should be doing y that's a separate prohibition so according to the smack there are two separate prohibitions one is how you view your own wealth you know if i give money then i'm going to be short you know i'm going to be short and i'm not going to be able to afford things that's one prohibition the second prohibition is don't start judging the recipient ah but you should do this it should be that two separate prohibitions, again when we get into the intricacies and the details of the definition of this prohibition we'll see that sometimes it is permitted to judge a person and not to give him tzedakah and sometimes it is permitted not to give because you're not going to be able to afford it. We're talking about where those definitions do not apply and nevertheless a person still goes through that thought process one theoretically violates according to the smack two separate uh, violations it could very well be that according to the smack even if one gave tzedakah but he has these things oi, but i'm not going to afford things he still violates a prohibition of lota mates at so that is the opinion of the smack admittedly the rambam did not understand that there were two prohibitions the Ramban also didn't understand there are two prohibitions but it is one of the opinions of one of the Rishonim. We should not ignore the opinion of the smack and we should definitely try and incorporate it. When we are giving tzedakah, what should be going through our mind. Okay, let us begin with uh, understanding these, how these two mitzvot, how uh, Chazal understood these mitzvot. So the first is Gemaraim Ketubot Samechet. Tani Rab Anyone who ignores, right, averts his eyes from tzedakah Zara. It's as if he serves Abodazarah. There's a there was a, a song at in Maskirayom from the, I think it was from the 80s. Phil uh, Collins, Another Day in Paradise, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the lines in that song was, he walks by. And doesn't look back he he pretends to ignore her right? that that's all that sometimes we pretend not to see the poor person says the Gemara, those who avert their eyes kind of trying to ignore the poor person it's as if a person worships idolatry the word is also found in the context of a Bodhisattva and is also found in the context of a person who is averting or ignoring the poor person. Um, now, on the, on the other hand, the Gemara says further, in the Gemara in Amru Alaf, not only is it a violation and it could be considered some type of idolatry, but it could, at, in certain times, cause because people sakanat ne fashot. Let's read the story in the Gemaraim Mesech Tanit, Chaf Aleph Amud Aleph. Amrua lav al Nahum Ishkamzu. They said about Nahum Ishkamzu, Nahum Ishkamzu was one of the most important Tanaim, he was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva. So they said about Nahum Ishkamzu, one of Rabbi Akiva's Rabbin. Rabbi Akiva had a few, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Yoshua, but he also learned, can he read the Mashkiach Ruchanim? Of the Tanaim was Nachum Ish So Nachum Ish they said Shaya Suma Misteinai was blinded with both in both arms. Gide Mistei Adav he was empty. Both his arms were amputated. Kitei Mistei Raglav both his legs were amputated. Kol Gufor and his entire body was filled with boils. Amrulot Al Midav, They said about him, Rabbi B'chime Achad Shetzadik Kamur Ata. Now that we know that you are a complete tzaddik, the Gemara beforehand shows how he was a complete tzaddik, that everything that he said uh, um, was, came to true and, and, and uh, he was performing miracles. So it was clear that he was a tzaddik gamor. It wasn't just that, you know, as he was on the tom, top 10 uh, list of, you know, the most popular rabbi in town. It was clear that this, he was a tzaddik gamor. How could it be that you are suffering? I caused this upon myself. Once he was on his way to his father in law. He had three donkeys laden. One donkey was laden with food, one with drink, and another with all types of delicacies. And then a poor person stood in my way. Amarli Rebbe Panasayim. He said, "Rebbe, feed me." Amarli lo, Amten am waiting. I'll Wait until I unload the donkey. Lo, I facted if rock minachamor, and I didn't have time to unload the donkey. I'll check at The person died. What happened? Halachti benafalti al panav. Nachu miyakamzu. Went and fell on the dead person Amarti A my eyes that didn't have mercy for your eyes should be blinded. and my hands that didn't have mercy for your hands they should be amputated. Raglai Shelo Raglecha and my feet that also didn't have mercy on yours should also be cut off I still was not appeased until I said my entire body should be filled with boils. They said, Woe to us that we see our Rebbe suffering so much. Woe to me if you would not have seen me suffering. I.e. The fact that I am suffering now will atone for the sin of me not giving tzedakah appropriately um, I mean, he, he wanted to give tzedakah, he just didn't hasten quick enough, and Nacho Mishkamzu, for that, on his level, that, that, was a, that, that was not acceptable. Okay, so for, for the rest of us, uh, you know, please God, um, you know, we should, we, should, we should strive to be on his level, but for the rest of us, probably, if we just give tzedakah with a, with a, a smile on our face, that will probably be, at least for me, that, will, that would be a, a that I that I would be striving for. Now, says the what, what is not clear, um, we'll come back to the Yalkut Yosef in a moment. Let's just, the Gemara, we, we've heard some harsh things about the, the prohibition of not giving tzedakah, not even if you want to give it, but you don't give it quickly enough or in the right uh, manner. Um, some harsh things have been said about what is Zora the Gums or what he brought about himself. But there's also something we should focus on the positive. And that is the Gemarion Bova Batra, Daftet, Amar And these are, uh, we only brought a few of the Memrot of here. But Amaravasi Avasi, Shkula Koneget, The Mitzvah of tzedaka is equal to all of the Mitzvot. in the Madno Aleinu Mitzvot. It didn't say mitzvah. Mitzvah kan, ela mitzvot in plural. So you see from here that it's equal to all of the mitzvot. We have seven or eight mitzvot where Chazal say that they are equal to kol torah kula. Right? Or equal to all of the mitzvot. One of them is tzedakah. Right? We have that also about Talbot Torah. We have it about a few. One of them is tzedakah. Anyone... Who gives tzedakah to a poor person gets six brachot. One who chases after tzedakah will found now. Yeah, the pshat seems to be will be found to be needing tzedakah. It's not so clear. Also, Gemara because because I'm chasing after to give tzedakah, I'm going to become. One who needs to be supported by tzedakah, that obviously cannot be the pshat. So, what is the meaning of the pasuk? It is to tell you: anyone who pursues, who tries to give tzedakah, God says, ah, I'll take care of his bank account that he'll have enough money that he'll always give tzedakah. As Chazal say in another place, One of the best ways to ensure that a person is rich is give tzedakah. Here the Gemara says a person who, is, who really wants to give tzedakah, Hakosh Baruch will make sure that you have enough money to be able to give tzedakah. And that's also Chazal say. Give, give tzedakah in order that you can be rich. We'll see later that this is one of the, it is the only mitzah in the Torah that one is permitted to test God. Right? the Nabi says you can test me on this if you give tzedakah you won't, come, you won't fall short I will return that money to you right? so this is one of the tests we'll see that later on in the Gemara but so clearly the mitzvah of tzedakah has great great merits and as we saw the violation of uh, not giving tzedakah not only is it a Torah violation it could be an Isur the Gemara compares it to a and it also is comparable to, um, you know, could cause uh, prohibitions in terms of, could cause the person to die, etc. What is the logic of a Vodazora? Why is a person who doesn't give tzedakah compared to a person who serves a Vodazora? It's a very strange comparison. Okay, they, they bring a Pasuk, obviously. Or the Chazal learned it out from a Pasuk. But what is the idea? behind uh behind a So I'll just say this as a as a brief uh, idea. The Gemara uh, in Masechhet uh, Megillah discusses what happens when you have two Adars. So when you have two Adars what meets what do you fulfill in Adar Rishon and what meets what do you fulfill in Adar Sheni? What happens if you fulfilled some mitzvot in ada rishon and then they made an ada What do you have to re- repeat on ada So the Gemara, one opinion basically says like this: that in Adarishon you say kriyat Megillah and matanot leevyonim. I connecting kriyat Megillah to matanot They connected. The Gemara says they connected because the aniyim. Their eyes are always open when the Megillah is being read. The other mitzvot of of Mishloch, Manot, etc., and the sort that you do on. But the the Gemara connects Kriyat Megillah to Matanot Leevyonim. What is the connection? So, perhaps an idea is as follows: We know Kriyat Megillah can be read in many ways. What does it mean? Can be read in many ways you could read the story and not see God, right? God's not written. It's just all happenstance, right? Why does the Gemara say you have to give tzedakah? What's the connection between giving tzedakah and reading the Megillah? So I'd like to suggest that perhaps by giving tzedakah, it shows that you're reading Megillah in the correct way. Because the nature of tzedakah means what? It's not me who's... I'm rich not because... not because I worked hard and, you know... I had mazal and that's why i won the lottery or even just i did parnassah and i got a client because i'm so i'm so clever no person has to put in his, his status but in the end of the day decides who's going to be rich and who's going to be poor mm-hmm. and if i coach decides to give me money then really that money is not mine or at least the highlight that i have to give to tzedakah is not mine by my, by me giving tzedakah what am i really saying i don't run the world HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us everything. Okay, and he said, by the way, I'm appointing I'm, I'm you to be a Shaliyach, to give a certain amount to Tzedakah. A person who doesn't give Tzedakah is really saying what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't run the world. I run the world. That's Avodah Zorah. That's Avodah Zorah. When a person says, it's not like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world, but it's me. Who cares if it's me or if it's Zeus or any other? The point is, you are creating another entity who's running the world other than Kosh baruchu so a person who gives tzedakah is really admitting that's not me it's not my money it's all from akash Baruch. Hu. he says i've got to give x amount so i've got to give x amount that's the same idea with creator megillah why do chazal say you have to give tzedakah when you read the megillah because by giving tzedakah what are you showing you're showing that just like by giving tzedakah, you admit that it's not mine, it's all from Akash Baruch Hu. so too you admit him that when you read the Megillah, you understood that it's HaKosh Baruch Hu is the one who is guiding the whole story and therefore the Chachamim connected the two mitzvot together. So that could be an explanation of why Chazal brought in a Zorah into, into tzedakah. Because in the end of the day, we have to understand, we don't run the world. If we have money, it's because Akash Baruch Hu gave it to us. And uh, how he says we should, we should, uh, you know, delineate it. We have to respect that as well. Says the Rambam in Hilchot Matanot Aniyim, Perik Yud Halacha Aleph. One is obligated to be observed the mitzvah of tzedakah more than any other positive mitzvah. Shatzdaka siman let zaddik zera Abraham Avinu. Zdaka is a sign that we are the progeny of Abraham Avinu. Shene ki edatib leman asher yitzavet bana vet peito acharav v'shamru derech Hashem lasot zdaka umishpat. Why did Abraham? Why was Abraham chosen? Says the pasuk, God chose him because he is going to instruct his children after him to do zdaka and mishpat. So these are, in essence, uh, you know, part of the makeup of what it means to be to be Jewish, right? And therefore, the end Israel mitkonen v'datay met ela bitztaka. Right, the throne of Israel will only be established, and the true religion will only stand on these on these ideas of tzedakah, And Israel are, are only going to be redeemed, the final goyula. Right, and his sons will return, right, uh, and uh, through through giving of charity, says the uh, the Rambam further. A person will not become poor, will not be shortchanged or harmed because of the tzedakah. he gave. No harm will be caused to you because of tzedakah, shenemar, v'ayam ma'aseh ha'at shalom. Yeshayahu tells us that tzedakah will bring shalom and it cannot be that by you giving tzedakah you'll be harmed and the Nabi says it will bring shalom. Kol ha-merachem, alav, anyone who is mercy, g Baruch Hu who is merciful upon him, shenemar maratanach ha-rachemim v'richamcha v'yerebecha, kol mishuach zari ve'ino anyone who is cruel and doesn't give mercy one has to be one has to be suspicious as to his lineage it's not part of the Jewish makeup to be cruel And, and the Rambam over here is tying cruelty to the mitzvah of tzedakah a person who doesn't give tzedakah it could be an act of cruelty now one has to Understand, and we'll see that further as we get into the definition of tzedakah. Sometimes giving tzedakah could itself be an act of cruelty. You have a drug addict who's asking for money and by you giving him money they're going to be able to get high that might be an act of cruelty. So, so we have to understand the concept of not giving tzedakah is really couched in the principle of cruelty but one has to examine it very carefully because not every act of giving tzedakah uh, could be an act of chesed it actually might be an act of cruelty as we suggested in the last uh, example but that is the idea clearly coming from the ramba the tour adds one more more um, merit uh, or attribute of tzedakah the tour in Zain says as follows right? Basically delays the harsh creeds and saves the hungry from death. And this, uh, the Shulchan Aruch says explicitly, tzedakah that by giving tzedakah, one will be saved from from death. So tzedakah can actually um, uh, can can save uh, certain people from death. And that's why there is a Minag Yisrael when people get sick, when people to give tzedakah to save a person, From from that illness, we saw that also with the uh, story of the daughter of Rabbi Akiva, who was meant to die on her wedding day, and because she gave tzedakah, so she was saved, um, and others as the tour uh, mentions over here. Okay, all of that is a introduction to the merits uh, of tzedakah. Now we're going to go into the definitions. And in today's year, we'll start off by defining the levels of tzedakah, how we give tzedakah, and also the minimum and maximum amount that one should give in terms of tzedakah. Next week we'll deal with who should be the recipient of our tzedakah. And that is a very complicated topic because there is also the cause, such as needy people, sick people, people who are learning Torah, people who are in captivity, uh, building a shul, all great causes. Which one precedes the, the next? The next question would be in terms of the actual person and the relationship to you. Are they your relatives? Are they in your city? Are they in Eretz Yisrael? That's another whole category and we'll discuss that further in next week's sure. That was just a little promo to come next week. Uh, we'll discuss that.
1: Sub. By the way, sorry, just to yes. go back one second. I'm, I know you've already hinted to it, but yes. next week's share. In the Psukim, what's interesting is that whenever I've read the Psukim from Tvarim, it mentions Barat Tzircha several times. times. Several times. Yes. It's very Eretz Yisrael focused, which is interesting that stuck stuck of many things in the Torah, it mentions many, many, mitzvot, not with such a focus on Eretz Yisrael.
0: It's a it's a very uh, good point and we will Bezratashen deal with it in uh, in Rashi on their password says but we'll discuss it further in detail why why Artsucha there's the famous Khatam Sofer on Arzucha, what does it mean Bezratashen next week?
1: no I'm just saying it's interesting that Dafka with Sadaka of many mitzvah doesn't mention bar so not many point. times It's just does it doesn't it does sense.
0: so we'll have to discuss why why artzah Eretz israel is is so you know fundamental so central to the mitzvah of tzedakah when lichora it shouldn't it's not lichora mitzvah right? yeah. so we'll do another promo for next week <laughs> okay uh the different levels of tzedakah says the pasuk uh right? When your brother becomes poor, and basically he he fails. So what will happen? Right? You shall support him, and your brother will live imach with you. The sifra learns out from this Pasuk as follows: imach, right? The first and highest level of tzedakah is don't let him fall. The pasuk says, "When your brother falls, don't let him fall." How do you do that? Halamaze al And A donkey is loaded with a uh, with uh, with his uh, load. While the donkey is still standing, one person can can kind of help the donkeys uh, keep uh, upright. However, once the donkey falls, even five people will struggle to get the donkey back up. Right? So while the situation has not fallen, that is the ultimate way in which we we can fulfill our mitzvah of tzedakah. What happens if, you know, you've done this four or five times, you have to continue trying to help the person, continually and therefore we learn out that the support has to be uh, continual. the Gemara and Masechet says as follows great is one um, who loans his friend give him a loan rather than giving him charity is a higher level and uh, basically, one who becomes a partner with him is, is, uh, is the greatest of them all. I, there are two ways in which I, someone comes and says, I need, uh, I need money. There are three possibilities. Possibility number one is I give him money. That's regular to that. Possibility number two is I give him a loan. That's a higher. Possibility number two, the uh, possibility number three is, okay, let's go into partnership. I'll lay out the money. Let's start a business now you're not only giving him a loan right, but you are actually giving him support and employing him that seems to be the highest level and here the uh, Meiri said what is the benefit? the benefit is basically not only you're giving a person livelihood you're also giving him kavod. Are you, you're making him a partner this is, you're making him a person so you're uplifting him also his personality Says the Rambam, this is the famous Rambam, where he says as follows, There are eight different levels of giving tzedakah. The highest level is, This is one who's supporting a person. This is a person who's giving him a loan or a gift or making him a partner, or employs him, meaning support him before he falls, give him a job, make him a partner, or give him a loan, all of that is the highest level according to the Rambam, Different people in different uh, areas. That's the highest level of giving a person sadaka.
1: How does the Rambam deal with the Gemara we just read? You you're the saying Gemara the, the Gemara seems to put the Rambam puts them all together. Nah,
0: I'm not sure. The Rambam does kind of put all them in uh, in one Um Good try. That. I'm not sure, not sure. Definitely, the Rambam. It seems like he's quoting all of them, whereas according to the the Gemara did seem that there was a hierarchy. Says the Rambam, I now we're going down a level. The giver doesn't know who the recipient is. The recipient doesn't know who the giver is. Like the, the um, there were certain chambers in the Beit Hamikdash. People used to come and give. And people used to come and take, and no one knew who gave, and no one knew who took. Because it was like a secret room where it's like, you know, voting. You go in, you give as much as you want. No one knew how much you gave. So, uh, Also, the poor people would receive it anonymously, and that would be the highest, or the second highest level now we don't have a beta mix so it's very difficult to create that exact scenario but says the rambam something similar to that case would be you give to a certain uh, you know in israel baruch hashem there are many of these kupot staka you giving to them okay it's, it's not so anonymous well it is kind of anonymous i mean maybe some guy in an office knows that I gave but like you no, know, it's not the is, so, yeah. but the Ani definitely doesn't know but even I'm saying here the Ramam says no one knows it, how much I gave and no one knows and the Ani doesn't know who he got it doesn't, from doesn't say so how much he says well, he doesn't know right? Lemi.
1: says Lemi. it doesn't say how much
0: and the Ani doesn't
1: know up
0: right right okay here yeah. although the, the, the case that he brings in the Beit sh- the, the HaMikdash no one even knew how much he gave you know, you put it into a, it into a box. Yeah. At the end of the day, they would open up the box and see that, whether there was a thousand trekkles or, or, or 50,000 trekkles and no one knew. And there were 500 people who gave that day, so no one knew. But I agree. The Rambam, you're saying that people didn't... He, he, you don't know who you're giving to and the, the recipient doesn't know who he's receiving from. So that's karov. That's maybe why it's karov, because in the end of the day, um, someone still knows how much you gave. But perhaps that's not even so harsh, because, you know... Some guy who's a born somewhere, he doesn't, you know, doesn't make a difference to his life. I don't, I don't know. Okay, the next level. <laughs> the giver knows who he's giving to, but the recipient doesn't know who he's receiving from. <laughs> The Dole Yisrael, the Gemara says and the stories, the Hasidic stories of how the used to go in the middle of the night and leave money uh, at the door posts of uh, all the poor people. It's a great right? us. Uh, this is best if the people who are the trustees of Tzedakah are not doing their job properly, then do it on your own. But if they're doing themselves properly, you don't have to go knocking on people's doors. You can kind of just give it to the coupon that you trust, and they, they divide it up. A lower level is the recipient knows, but not the giver. A lower level is there now. Everyone knows. The recipient knows who he's receiving from, and the giver knows who he's giving to. The only question is how you give it? Give it before the person asks a lower level, the person asks and you give it. you should be able you should give the guy whatever it is. Ten shekels, 50 shekels, whatever it's worth, and you give him less than, than he should receive. That we'll have to understand, once we define what are the definitions of how much you have to give and who should be receiving. So it says the Rambam, once you know that definition and you gave less than you should, okay, it's something, but it's, it's not, not, not as good as it should be. And the last level, a person gives uh, with uh, begrudging. Now, what does that mean? It sounds like according to the Rambam, it's, uh, uh, an Annie asking for money, I say, Toch, uh, you know, and you give it, I still fulfill the Mitzah. That's what it sounds. You give, but you give begrudgingly. Says on that the shach not. that's not the correct understanding of the Ramah. The what does that mean that you give begrudgingly? The benetinato. He in you know in his heart he's giving very begrudgingly. He's not really interested in giving this poor person, and he gives it begrudgingly. However, Abao Kopanime no mar but when he gives it outwardly he doesn't show the poor person right he doesn't show the person his uh, his displeasure in giving him this uh, money says the shah but if you give it begrudgingly and you show your displeasure not only have you not fulfilled one of the eight levels of tzedakah according to the Rambam, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah, you've also transgressed an isur and a vera. Right? According to the Shach, you transgress it if you give a person in a displeasurable way, rather keep your money.
1: So, how does he read the Rambam?
0: Because the oh, Rambam is, this... you know it. See, no, the Rambam here
1: reads means inwardly. I'm giving a paragraph. but in Yud gimu, Yud gimu Rambam yeah. says minar, save your foot. He, say, he explicitly says save your foot. In other words, what's Yud Daled? You know, he's not doing it a It's hard to read. Can, if the Rambam didn't say save upon your foot, then you'd say like, "Okay, fine," so you
0: can read right, it. But like, right, I hear, I hear. It's a good dioc. A uh, good diok. Um uh, we have a cashier on the shach. We have a cashier on the okay, shach. There's two levels. Just saying there's two levels. Uh, one is that uh, you give it happily. The other is, okay, I'm, I'm giving it. And the other is, boy, I really don't want to give it. Right? Uh, you could say uh, that, but it's a bit tocha. I'm saying the Pshat of the Rambam, once you juxtapose Halacha yud to
1: yud Right. If you just had yud by itself, or without you, the words of seva mani then you can read it. Okay,
0: listen, it's not going to break the shach. But it's a good card. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's say like that. Yeah. Okay. Now, here is the, one of the real questions that many ask, and that is, how much tzedakah does one have to get? And uh, if we have time, um, what is the relationship between tzedakah and Masak Safem? We've heard of this principle of Masak Safem. What is that relationship to tzedakah? And there could be some napkaminas? Uh, are they one and the same, or are they not? Okay, so let's let's look the minimum amount. The Gemara in Masechet says, as follows. Amar Lo Adam right? That uh, a person should never give less than a third of a shekel per year. as it says. When Ezra and Nehemiah came back, it says, al-, when they came back and they rededicated the Beit etc., it says, al-enu mitzvot la-tet al-enu b-shana la-avodat el-okeinu. Now, this, what is the Shishita Shekel? It cannot be the Machatzita Shekel, because Machatzita Shekel is Machatzita Shekel. You can't start uh, creating new Shlishita Shekel. So, this is obviously not Machatzita Shekel. Machatzita Shekel was something else that was for the Korbanot. Car- so what was this Shushita Shekel? Where did they get that from? So obviously this is the minimum amount that a person has to pay per year in order to give tzedakah. That's how the Gemara is learning out that din. Says the Shulchan Aruch, we pass this halacha. So the Shulchan Aruch says categorically, less than a third of a shekel, You have not fulfilled the mitzvah of tzedakah. Again, it it doesn't have to be all at once. And it's over a period of a year. And how much is a third of a shekel? Approximately 15 shekels. And the price of silver goes up and down. So I suppose it could go between, I suppose, 12 and 20, if you want to be uh, careful, right? Not very much. much. So in order to fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah, uh, you have uh, a chiyuv of a minimum amount of Basically, 15 shekels. Now that even a poor person has to give him. the a person who's living off on on charity, would have to set aside that 15 shekels a year uh, and give it. Now, one could say, hold on a second. We have mitzvot that there's a minimum share, and okay, you shake a lulav. You know, so you got to shake a lulav, right? Or you got to eat matzah, whatever it is. There's a shir. and there's certain shir, there's certain mitzvot that there might be a minimum share, but clearly it's not the maximum share. That you know, obviously if you can do more, and, and maybe you have to do more. Talmud Torah, Talmud tarah. Do we do we say that you know? Remember the Gemara. No, there, there was a minimum share. Remember we learned the Shita of Rashvi. Rashi, Rashvi said that the person who said Kriyat Shakri was it's Mitzvah Talmud Torah, right? Was he saying that you know? Okay, Sarah, I. Said Kriyachma this morning. I said I'll say Kriyat Shema this evening. I've kiyam, I, I've have have uh, uh, fulfilled the the mitzvah of you know uh, uh, Talmud Torah. Vaday that if a person can do more, one has to do more, and one will after 120 years have to give din the Why he only said Kriyachma and that was his kiyum of Talmud Torah? Clearly, that that's not acceptable. So there is a minimum share, And perhaps that minimum share is for a person who's mummy and sh- anani. So the Torah is telling you, for a person who's anani, you can't afford anything. Even a person who can't afford anything, you have to make sure. Just like an he has to kind of find the money to make Kiddush and all the others. So you've got to find 15 shekels a year to get tzedakah. Could be that the tzedakah will go to him. Could be. But, but you have to, have, that's the minimum share. Now that might be for a specific person, i.e. a mammish and be Israel. Says the Gemara as follows Amar ani ya Right and that could fit in very well with how we saw that minimum Shir was referring to an Anib Israel. Says the Shul Khanarup on this opinion. If a person asks you and you don't have what to give, you don't get across and start raising your voice. You have to show him, trying to appease him say so you would like to help him, but you can't. You can't turn away an ani empty-handed. Even if you give him, you know, we'll call, uh, I suppose, ten you know, Shneimer al Yashob, da'ch lichlam, right? That a person doesn't turn a poor person back in disgrace. So we see, it as follows, that there might be a minimum shear, but nevertheless, if a poor person asks you for money, you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, return him, turn him away empty handed. Even give him a small amount, ten agorot, but you have to give, you should give him something, right? Um, I've I've always had this question sometimes. Uh, sometimes giving a small amount is more disrespectful to a person mm-hmm. than than, uh, than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, you know, I haven't seen someone explicitly say that, but my my feeling would be that you know it really depends on the It Really depends on the honey. Really on honey. But if I, you know, a certain honey is coming, makes an appointment with you, right? uh, it comes into your office and. Uh, to give him to give him a, you know give a shekel or whatever. Rather rather say, you know, at this point I can't give, but you know, I'll give you that. It could be more respectful. I'm not sure. I have to check, please out by next week I'll have an answer to that shaila. But according to, to the Pasha of the the Ramah, one should definitely not try and turn away. Now this is definitely true for people that knock on one's door. I people knock on one's door, so you should give him something, okay, you can't give him a minute, but you should give him something. Um, I would suggest that perhaps 10 agorot is not respectful right in today's uh, thing mm-hmm. but but vada one one shekel you know is that, so that, i'm sorry that's what i have um and that would be that would be acceptable yeah i think uh, i think it can it doesn't have to always be money other other there's some asking that say Giving food is actually better because he doesn't have to go in. That's what the Ramah gives. Right. The Ramah right. says. says that yeah, even uh, you give him a fig, it's so talking about food, etc. Okay. It's now so it's
1: interesting you say about somebody coming to your door because yeah. often the people who come to your door, if you offer them an amount that they think is not a respectful amount, you are saying about, before about somebody makes an appointment with you. Yeah. But I think it's. I don't think it's any less so when somebody comes to your door. Because sometimes you give them an, an amount and they sort of look at it. And correct. Give you that, correct. Yeah,
0: um,
1: it's it's uh, yeah.
0: It's 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 a questionable thing. The question is whether they have a right to do that. Mm. Are you, if someone made an appointment with you, you know that's yeah, that's you know that's, that, 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 you know, that's really you agreed to meet him. It. Mm. it wasn't happenstance. But you know, so you're walking down the street and someone's just uh, you know put out their hand, or even if someone's coming and knocking on your door, you know. If, if a person has to... If you have 20 people knocking you on your door every night and you, you're giving like a, a, a shekel every time, so it's, you know, it comes out to quite a substantial amount. There is a famous story of Rav Chaim Ozer Grodzinski, Rav Chaim Ozer uh, in Vilna, he passed that one, one doesn't have to give anything. One doesn't have to give anything. Why? Because in Vilna, there were so many people You're just walking to shul and walking back. There were so many people that put out their hands that even if you would give the smallest coin, I don't know what it was over there, 10 agarot, whatever over there, you'd say, you know, it comes to a lot of money and it, it all adds up. So when it all adds up, you don't have a chil. Right? So that was the story of Rav Chaim Moses. So I think that there, you know, you, give, you can't give every person 20 shekels. That it knocks, I mean, some people can, okay, but, but for, for most people, every person, you know, they're probably not going to be happy with less than 20 shekels but it's very difficult to give every person who knocks on your door 20, 20 shekels because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have that kind of money. Also, so you don't have such a feel in that case. There's it.
1: also a follow-up question now that you're mentioning it, yeah, and also the story with Rav Chaim Ozu Um, is that what happens if you have, you know you're going to meet 20 people, 20 people are going to come to your door, and you can either give 20 people 1 shekel, or give one person 20 shekels, or two people 10 shekel. Like, it's also a question.
0: That's a question. In general, we say, rather divide it, uh the rambam says rather give 20 mm-hmm. shekels mm-hmm. to 20 uh, a shekel mm-hmm. to 20 people than to give 20 shekels that's the rambam's opinion however i have discussed this with, with poskim about whether i should get many small donations or one more mashmawti donation and the the answer is that it's not it's not uh, every every situation has to be weighed up uh, by itself you know what is the benefit to giving one person a mashmaluti uh, um, donation as opposed to giving very many smaller donations perhaps we'll discuss it uh, next week when we do priorities and giving, okay, there's Ratashem um, now, the maximum shear. the maximum shear it's interesting, the Gemara actually never really talks about a maximum shear other than um, other than the Gemara in Ketubot that it talks about a Takana of, of Usha, of the, the the Sanhedrin in Usha person who wants to give charity should not give more than a fifth and the, the gemara gives a reasoning because you might yourself become needy and have to rely on tzedak of other people and it happened once uh, that one of the tanaim wanted to give um wanted to give tzidaka and his friends didn't allow it, Manu Rabbi Shabbat, and who was it that didn't allow it? Rabbi Yeshav. Amira Rabya Shabb. And some say no, Rabbi Yeshai was the one who wanted to give them Tzadaka, veloini khaveroh, Manu Rabia Kiva. And who was his uh, uh Rebbe that said no it was Rabbi Akiva. Amar Abnahman Bitem Rabakbar Yaq, Mikra, Bukholasheteni Aser Asrenu Lach, right? So we see from this Pasuk right that what you see that the maximum is aser asrenu right so we see that basically aser asrenu is a double ten so that's one-fifth i.e. or 20 percent now look at the rama the rama brings us a person should not give more than 20 percent of his money to sadaqa because he might come to be needy for um himself says al-rashuhan and we however the pedestrian shvuyim for saving people in captivity rashail osi par al one can add even more than 20% bakhayl la and those who are thirsty and hungry and then are starving bakhayatsa ba'd wal shayf bza piqaf says Aruch HaShulchan, this limitation does not apply to cases of pikuach nefesh pikuach nefesh you can give even more than 20 percent so we have our limitation of 20 percent. however comes along Aruch HaShulchan and says take out anything connected to pikuach nefesh so that could be people that are starving or good people that are sick it could be people that are in captivity and their life is in danger another limitation of this is brought down by the Chofetz Chaim. Chofetz Chaim wrote his Sefer Avad Chesed, uh, one of the less known uh, Sepharim, but an amazing Sefer. The Mishnah Brura basically is his Halachic compendium of Orochim. But uh, the Avat Chesed has a lot of Halachic definitions of Mitzvot Ben Adam, the many found in Yoredea. So the Abad Chesed says as follows Imlo Mishehu Ashir Mufla. When did the sages say you cannot give more than a twentieth? That's because you might come to become yourself a needy person. But a person who is an ashir mufla, a super wealthy or exceedingly rich person, this limitation doesn't apply. Now, who is considered an exceedingly wealthy person? I would think. Ah, You know, that's talking about the Zuckerbergs of the Bill world Gates. and the Bill Gates is like, you know, once you reach the billionaire mark or even the hundred millionaire mark, you know, that's an exceedingly wealthy person. However, I've heard that uh, Rav, uh, Rav Shechter himself, he holds that he's an Asher Muflag and he gives more than 20, he doesn't hold that, you, you, you know, he's um, uh, limited to 20%. He's earning a good parnasa. I mean, good parnasa. He's a uh, Rolf. He earns a Parnosa. He's, you know, one of these uh, Universal CEOs. A virtual shakhter. He said explicitly, he says, for me, I hold that I'm considered an Asher Muflag. I can give more than 20%. And anyone in my bracket or above, he holds definitely can give more than 20%. So basically, that comes down to anyone who is, I'd call it in the upper middle class, uh, according to Rav is he's not limited to 20%, um, which is an interesting uh, take on how we should view ourselves uh, and uh, the brochas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us. Second condition that the, uh, limita- where the da- limitation doesn't apply, a person is, you know, he's close to his deathbed, he's finalizing his will. A person is allowed to give Sadaqah more than 20% because what was the whole reason? The whole reason was that he might become needy. But if a person is about to pass away, that, uh, that worry is less, uh, is less problematic. Continues Zahavat Chesim. Vida. One should know. Dimashit chomesh. The one that you know you can't give more than a twentieth. Nire the ha'ino davket k'chesh me bazbes al yedei zei apizur k'demash me lashon hamabazbes. That is only where one gives away wealth that uh, when he's just giving it away of his own. Aval bedavar miut k'gon shiyes la'ez malacha esek kavua shemistakher ba'kedei michyato kol shavua ve'yoter maat. Basically, according to the according to the Chaim, if a person lives a frugal life and he's got a, a, a steady income and he doesn't use it, he's allowed to give more than 20%. And that is even for the lower bracket of middle class, right? That would be what, you know, maybe that's what Rabshekhti is uh, referring to. Vidawot now comes the the Wema. He says as follows The Kali Karatakanawul Stam Sadaka Aval ha Torah but to strengthen Torah Mitsade Besefish Makubet said the Loshaya Kla that this limitation when it comes to Hakzakata Torah, right to upholding the Torah, no sheer there's no limitation at all. Even for the you know Call it the lower or lower middle class or the the, the lower class. They are not limited by this twenty percent. So basically, we do have a limitation of twenty percent. But as you see, for those who are um, those who want to be want to be makel and not listen to the twenty percent, there are many many times where where it is appropriate. I know of a once uh, someone came to Rabbi Yashiv and the big businessman, and he says, "Can I?" Uh, give more than 20%. Avi Yashiv says, you can definitely give more than 20%, and if you can't, and if it's an Avera, it's on me. When we get to Shamayim, I'll take all the, uh, I'll take the flack for it. So, uh, definitely, generally, if people are asking the Shaila whether they can give more than 20%, <laughs> they're in a situation where, where, where probably uh, the answer is definitely yes. Now, now look at the Tur. The Tur basically says, um, If a person is wealthy enough A person should give basically the needs of the poor people. Now how does that relate to the limitation that we just saw? We said before up until 20%. Now the truth basically says I don't know, the poor people they need 5 million if you can afford 5 million, give 5 million. So how does that work? Right, in terms of... Uh, so the simple answer is that he's talking about the Adoma Seget means that we're talking about an Ashir Mufla. Right? If you're talking about an Asher Mufla, we said that the limitation doesn't apply. But now, how much are you meant to give? According to the Torah, you have to give whatever's needed. Now, Kama Ahuyiteng and then he says, no, So in the beginning, he says, you have to give whatever is needed, implying that. And then in the next line, he says, no, So here, says the says Torah, the what is the appropriate amount to be giving? Really, one should be giving one twentieth if you're, you know, the mitzvah bang on it is give one tenth and if you can't, give less than that that's really an ayinah it sounds, two halachas come from this Torah number one, it sounds like the mitzvah of giving a chomesh is number one, a din in tzedakah ayimasek safim is really a din in tzedakah and it's the shiur of how much tzedakah a person has to give, maasek safim Okay, that's what seems to come out of the Torah. The second deal that we can make from the Torah is basically that the appropriate amount that a person should be giving. When, when the Gemara says, I'm a bazvez, ali a bazvez, you're telling me chomer. So we thought, you know, that's the maximum, but you don't have to aim for the maximum, you know, you could give 10%. According to the Torah, that's not how he's reading the Gemara. What he's reading is that really, we should be aiming for 20%. Okay, you can't give 20%. They go down to 10%. Right? You can't give 10%. Okay, that's really Shemzach, you know, because it's Ein But, L'Chathila, people should be giving 20%. Now, definitely, people in the higher, I'd say, not the middle class, but in the, you know, the people that are in the higher class, they should, according to the Torah, they shouldn't be giving 10% of their money. They should be giving 20%. At least according to the Torah. Look at the Beit yourself. The Beit Yosef says as follows: right? Um, <coughs> Amar Now, from the Gemara itself, it doesn't imply that that is the target. You should be giving twenty percent. It says, "If you give, don't give more doesn't imply that you have to give or you should be giving 20%. Nevertheless, says the Beit Yosef, So that seems from the Bavli that that's what, you know, it doesn't indicate that one should be going for 20%. However, says the Beit Yosef, that that is the preferred or that is one's obligation. And even from our Gemara, generally when we have a Machloket Talmud, Babli Yerushalmi, the the Babli always trumps the Yerushalmi. But here says the Beit Yosef, How did he get that? How did he get from our Gemara that really the appropriate or the correct amount should be a 20th? the mighty because what pasuk did they learn it out from they learned it out from asrenu, where there the Gemara learned to be 20% and there that was an active right that was an active thing that Yaakov was doing so we see from here that it seems to be the appropriate Uh, uh, even though the language of the Gemara didn't seem to imply it but the source that the Gemara does bring seems to imply it even according to our Gemara and that is how the Shulchan Aruch look at the Shulchan Aruch Haikaskans and then you know if if you can afford it whatever the poor need so you see how he changes he says like this did you see how he changed the wording of the Torah the Shulchan Aruch says, if you can afford it, give whatever they need. If you can't afford it, can't afford it, then you should give 20%. That's the best, appropriate, best way to give the mitzvah. And this that we said, the first year is from the capital. The next year is it's from the added value that was given, i.e. the interest or whatever the added value that you made that year you have to give, should be giving 20% or 10%, etc., going down. Okay. What, what do we do with that first tomorrow that you started with? The what? The, uh, the third a second. That's the minimum. So we said that that is obviously according to a person who can afford it. So now that you said it, let's go back. To the Yalkut Yosef that we must in the very beginning, we'll end with that. Yes. Source number five on page three hundred forty-three. Kol Adam chayav l'tein zedaka. Afilo aniya mitparnes minat zedaka. Even a poor person chayav l'tein mimashi idnuloh. U'mishne l'tein pachot mimatira u'l'tein. But someone who gives less than he can afford, or that he can afford, Beitin kofinoto. Baitin can force him. U'makino to magad mardu. They can laugh him actually until the Chachamim you know until he gives what the Chachamim uh, appraised what he should be giving we can even go into his bank account and start scooping out the money so that is this minimum share is for those people who can't afford it they still have to give a minimum share of 15 shekels a year but people that can afford it so they should be giving according to the Shuchanach if you're a, yeah, actually move like there's no limitation, right? You should be giving out now. Yeah. What does that mean? A guy's a billionaire, and someone knocks on his door. Someone knocks on his door and says, "You know, I've got to go through an operation and half a million dollars." Now the guy, is a billionaire. He can give half a million dollars. Not going to really feel. He's not to feel that. Is he high to give half a billion, half a million dollars? So, so that is the last uh, source. Page, uh, page three hundred and fifty-four. Just because I'm a billionaire, maybe, and a a guy comes and says he's got an operation in uh, whatever, it's going to cost half half a million dollars, I don't need to give that person half a million dollars, even if I can afford it. Why? Why? The pasuk said, "You have to care for his day whatever he needs." So day I can fulfill that because I'm a billionaire. It's not on me personally; it's on the whole tzibur, which means I have to give what I can give. So yes, I have to give a certain amount. Maybe an operation is not the right example because
1: that's pikuach nefesh, and you mentioned before pikuach nefesh and pious spending. It might be
0: different. I still, it could be. Be. i still don't think that there's a real obligation just because you're a billionaire that you have to pay for every honey that says i need an operation worth half a million that you have to lay out all the money but okay food for thought we'll continue next week